Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who met his wife while training for the 400 meters in Seattle and is eating gluten-free while lusting after bread, Dave Denniston. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping doctors like you slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, if you are a listener to this podcast, we certainly have talked some about interest rates rising and the impact of those things happening. And one of the things that I see the mistake a lot of people making is that when they refer to an increase in interest rates, they don't know what vehicle that they are necessarily talking about. So I see this commonly playing out where most people hear of the Fed changing rates, which comes from the Federal Reserve the uh, federal funds effective rate is where that comes from. Now, a lot of people also look at mortgages, meaning, you know, you go and buy a house, you get a 15-year or 30-year or adjustable rate mortgage on a house when you go and buy it. And people often seem to get those those different kinds of interest rates confused. Uh, another common one that you'll hear about is the 10-year treasury rate, meaning that the U.S. government is making a 10-year obligation, and this is, if you bought it today, this is what they would pay you every year for the next 10 years, as opposed to the Federal Reserve rate, which is an overnight rate between banks. So, As we look at the um, Federal Reserve and what they change, is there a correlation between what the Fed does and what mortgage rates and what the 10-year Treasury does? Sure, there there can be a correlation, but it's not a one-for-one correlation like I think so many people have the, the misconception of. So, for example, if we look recently at um, rates, the federal funds rate being an overnight rate, it changes every single night. Uh, if you bought it today, tomorrow, it would be another lower rate. As of most recently here in, in July of 2023, that was about five to five and a quarter percent. If you looked back in October of 2021, it was zero to zero and a quarter percent. (laughs) So it's risen five percentage points within about two years from where it was. In comparison, if you look at the 10-year treasury, the 10-year treasury got down to about 0.6% in August of 2020. Here, three years later, that rate is four and a quarter percent. So do you see how the bands have been similar, but it's not a one for one move? Part of the reason being a 10 year treasury is a 10 year rate, right? It goes out for 10 years, whereas the federal funds rate is overnight. The federal funds rate does have a direct 
one-to-one correlation with something like money market or savings accounts. Because what do the banks do? They take money from savings and they invest it into the federal funds rate. CD rates, which are shorter in duration, right? You might get a three-month CD or a six-month CD or one-year CD. And again, what do banks do? They go and they go invest in shorter-term treasuries or in the federal funds rate itself when um, they go and invest the money. And that's how they make dough, right? If they could borrow from the Fed at 5% and essentially they are borrowing from you at 3% or 4%, they're making a 1% to 2% spread. So can they be similar? Sure. Can they even be the same rate sometimes? It's possible. But realize that the federal funds rate generally will have higher highs and lower lows. If we look back at, at where rates were, for example, in the early 80s, the federal funds rate was about 19 to 20%. How high did a 10-year treasury get? It got up to about 15% in the same time frame. So you see, once again, the two are different and and the way the the rates react are different. A 30-year mortgage, for example, uh, will be much more closely correlated to a 10-year treasury instead of the federal funds rate. So you might see the federal funds rate increasing. Like, for example, the the Fed just in the last month raised rates again by a quarter percent. And if we look year to date at 10-year treasuries, well, you'll notice in the last month, 10-year treasury rates have actually gone down a little bit. They peaked on August 16th, and now they're down today. Part of what happens with this is that the demand for 10-year treasuries doesn't just come from banks. It's coming from insurance companies. It's coming from China. It's coming from other countries that buy dollar-denominated assets. So a 10-year treasury, the supply and demand can be uncorrelated to what happens on a day-to-day basis with the federal funds rate. As a matter of fact, if you look at one year, if you looked at last October 17th, the 10-year treasury rate was 4.2. What is it today? It's, it's uh, not far from 4.2. So it's about 4.2% as well. Whereas if you look here in the same time frame for where was the federal funds rate in uh, 2022 at the same time, the federal funds rate was at 3%, and today it's at that 5 to 5 and a quarter. So you see, in this particular case, the last 12 months, short-term rates have increased by 2%, whereas mortgages are virtually unchanged and 10-year treasuries are virtually unchanged. Have they increased from um, two, three years ago? Yeah, we just looked at that, right? It was half a percent, now you're closer to four. So um, these things do have different causations and corollaries that can cause them to act different because they are different maturities, different yield curves, different investors that invest into rates. And now for a commercial break. Well, if you are anything like me, if as you go along your financial journey, you may 
be feeling confused sometimes about what to do. You're, you're hearing advice from this person and that person. You're, you're not really sure who to trust, what to turn to, and you're, you're feeling stuck, whether you're wanting to create multiple strategies of, and streams of income, or you want to look over your stock portfolio, or you're looking for particular reviewing over your specific situation. It would be my honor and my pleasure to spend 30 minutes to help you for free. All you have to do is text the word strategy, S-T-R-A-T-E-G-Y, to 833-343-2986. Again, that's strategy, the whole word, to 833-343-2986. Thank you so much, and I look forward to talking to you soon. And now, back to the show. Now, if we look further out at um, the, the federal funds rate over time, certainly it, there's, there's a lot of question thinking about, gosh, could rates go higher? Well, we just talked about how rates were 20% on the federal funds rate in the early 80s, right around the time I was born. And ever since then, all we've seen them do is generally trend downward. If you look at the history of since, let's say, the 50s to where we are today, probably the average, if you were to take the average over that time frame, was close to about 6% including the crazy 80s, including the fact we went down to zero from 2010 all the way through 2022. So there's been times of low interest rates, there's been high of interest rates, the average is closer to six. So in terms of where are rates going, you know, if we look back in the 50s, rates were one to 5%. Then in the 70s, it jumped from 5% all the way up to 20% by 1980. Then we went from from 20% to 1980 all the way down to about 3% in 1992. Went back up to 6, uh, stayed there for a couple years. The tech crash happened, went down to about a 1% federal funds rate, back up to 5, back to 0, and now here we are today, back to 5. So you could easily imagine and make the case with inflation having been higher, it could very well be that the federal funds rate moves to 6%. We should not be surprised by that because that is the historical average. Now, we're closer to the historical average today, certainly, than we were two years ago, right? So just because that's the average doesn't mean we're necessarily going to get there. We could go over that average. We could stay under that average for a time frame. If you look at 10-year treasuries, it's uh, a similar story. Back in the 60s, we were hovering around 4%. And by the time we got into the 70s, it was 7.6. We talked about the 80s being at about 15. And then ups and downs, and, and it had never been below 1, 1 or 2% until 2011. And that recent history we've had, 12 years historically, has never happened before to see interest rates on 10-year treasuries get as low as they were. And so you can imagine, if you look at that historical average, that is, is definitely closer to 
percent as well. So it's very possible mortgage rates could easily climb another one or two percent from now, and 10-year treasuries could climb another one or two percent from now. However, once again, they are much closer to the average than they have been in the past. So to me, as we look at this environment, as we look at bonds and cash alternatives and, and quote unquote safer stuff, to me, certainly money market, really awesome place to be right now, right? You know, you're getting nice rates of returns. Uh, I've seen money markets definitely above 5% right now today. Fantastic rates. Love them. Uh, the other other thing I would say for the longest time, I have been very heavy on short-term bonds in general, and I'm thinking more and more and more of buying intermediate bonds, short-term bonds being ones that are three years or less in duration or maturity, whereas intermediates are generally four to 10. So the aggregate bond index much more closely mimics and tracks the 10-year treasury, but it takes time for those yields to catch up. When you have bonds going out five, six, seven years, even if rates have changed today, that doesn't mean you're necessarily getting that yield on the kind of ETFs and mutual funds that follow the aggregate bond index. So it's something I'm very interested in uh, because gosh, if we are closer to the average, not a bad time to start considering getting back to the benchmark in bonds if you haven't had it. If you have had it, I just say buckle on in and wait for the ride. You know, at least you're getting a better yield than you did prior, but realize that relative to historical average, that intermediate space could potentially, if it gets to the historical average, the price could go down as yields continue to climb up some. So there's my thoughts on bonds and, and history and, and interest rates and historically what, what has happened. So I hope that's educational for you gives you something to think about and chew on. Certainly if you have questions on bonds and cash and all these different rates, I'd be happy to chat and learn about you and your situation. Feel free to email my assistant, assistant at daviddeniston.com. Again, the word assistant at daviddeniston.com. For the Freedom Formula 4 Physicians Podcast, this is Dave Deniston. Remember my friends, remember to slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live in the red lifestyle. Well, thank you, my friends, so much for listening to the last podcast. I am pleased to announce that I am now a completely independent financial advisor, where to the point now I can really integrate my financial planning practice with this podcast. If you might be looking for help, if you have found any of our information here interesting or relevant and you're looking for a second opinion. I'm making myself available for 30-minute strategy sessions. And if you want to arrange a time to meet with me to discuss your situation and see if we might be a good fit for one another, I'd like you to call our office and speak with Kyla. Our phone number is 612-284-2409. Again, that's 612-284-2409. And I look forward to helping you with your financial situation. for some lovely legal disclosures required by our lawyer friends. 
Investment advice is only offered in jurisdictions where Centurion Financial Strategies, LLC, Centurion is appropriately registered or exempt from registration. Our Form ADV Part 2 brochure can be obtained free of charge at advisorinfo.sec.gov by searching for our firm name or its unique CRD number, which is 316-454. This podcast is not a solicitation to provide advisory services in any jurisdiction of the information, statements, and opinions contained in this podcast have been obtained from or are based on information obtained from sources which we believe to be reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of such information. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as personalized investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed by any guest are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the firm's views. You should carefully consider your own financial circumstances and needs prior to making any investment in securities or purchasing any insurance products. As always, past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing in securities or really anything else involves the risk of loss. If by some chance in this particular podcast I mentioned insurance products, insurance products are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of an issuing insurance company. They may be subject to restrictions, limitations, and early withdrawal fees, which vary by issue. You should always consider the charges, risks, expenses, and investment objective of any insurance products before entering a contract. And that, my friends, wraps it up. Wish you all the best. Feel free to contact us with any info at www.daviddeniston.com. Thank you so much and have a good one. Bye-bye.